Trading Nut, episode 79. It is possible to turn a £500 account into a £10,000 account. I've seen people do it. I'm not suggesting that's the way that it should be done. What I am saying is he's got to set realistic targets. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders, welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Zoheb Muhammad on the show. Now, Zoheb has an unusual situation, which I think is, well, actually, it's probably not that unusual. It's probably unusual for the Trading Up Podcast, where I've got full-time professional traders here on the show. Now, Zoheb is a trader who is like many of us. He works a nine-to-five and trades at the same time. So if you're in that situation then this episode is for you. Uh, he makes about 10 pips or more a day. So 10 pips or more doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean 10 pips is 10 pips, and it's a lot more than a lot of other people do. He tells us exactly how he does that. He walks us through his methods, and we jump on the YouTube channel, as I keep mentioning, and we uh, we walk through exactly how he does it, and we I think we've even got an indicator to give away as well. So guys, a lot to take in on this episode here. Now, what else can I tell you? Oh, yes, talking about the YouTube channel, I'm about to launch a new concept that's going to hit the airwaves, uh, the not the airwaves, it's going to hit the airwaves, and it's also going to hit the uh, the big screen of YouTube anytime soon. Um, it's a lovely new concept. It's sort of, I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is, but it, it uh, integrates what I do, what I do, which is I build trading robots. I can build trading robots pretty quickly and match virtually any strategy. And I've got a course that teaches people how to do that. And guys, I'm going to put up a mini course that you can uh, jump on board and take a look at very soon. So keep an eye out for that. Now, this is going to walk you through sort of just the basics before um, you're deciding whether or not you want to jump into the full course where I basically take you from zero to hero in 21 days and you can build whatever you want um, after that. So I've got a new concept coming up on YouTube which is related to that. I'm not going to spoil it. It's coming soon. I'll definitely let you know when it hits which will be like a week or two away max. Um, Right, we've got uh, one last thing before we get into the show. I'm now accepting Bitcoin payments. So if you guys want to um, buy that Robot Builders Club and you want to do it with Bitcoin, you can now do that. You can also, uh, instead of donating with cash, you can donate to the pod with a Bitcoin payment. There's little icons, whatever you call them, little QR codes all over the the website. So head over there if you want to donate to the pod. If you're finding these are giving you value, you're learning things that you wouldn't learn somewhere else, um, or you would and you'd pay for it, then you could head over there and um, send me some Bitcoin. All right, folks, without further ado, let's get on with this interview with Zoheb. Righto, folks, we've got Zoheb here from London, UK. Welcome to the show, Zoheb. Thank you for coming on the Trading Up podcast. Uh, we've all just sort of, you know, seem to be getting back to normality here outside of lockdown and uh, and the like. So how are things with you over there in the UK? Yeah, well, morning, Cam. Um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's very difficult uh, times across the world. But, you know, for the UK, 
uh, we've now I think we're in uh, level level three is what we call it inside the UK where you can go outside um, you can meet groups of up to six people obviously maintaining social distancing seeing family so it was good to see my parents for the first time in a long time so um, so yeah it's getting better and trying to you know figure out what the, what the new normal looks like and and how did the uh, how did the I suppose wild markets of corona treat you from a trading perspective yeah, it, it wasn't too bad actually, because you know I'm predominantly a, a, a trend trader, so uh, kind of uh, kind of worked in my favour to a certain extent, and I'm sure we'll go into an, inside a lot more detail. But um, no, so far so good. Nice, nice, nice. Well, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's go into it in more detail. So, how did you start off on this journey? Well, I think for me, well, I think first and foremost is um, I feel like that I am the kind of average person that your uh, that your listener is because you know i am a full-time uh retail trader so i do have a full-time job you know the standard nine, uh, nine to five which kind of has now changed during these times into working from home when you're kind of always working but um but but yeah so you know for me it's um it's obviously it's obviously i've been trading for about 15 years i would say on and off you know as a as a kind of a, a retail trader and kind of during that time cam i've tried i've tried everything all the indicators all the oscillators like stochastics rsi bollinger bands i've looked at different pricing charts renko Nashi, you know different different types of strategies you know done trading the news london breakout sessions um the the, the classic uh, moving average crossover you've named it i've tried it and um kind of during that during the first three four years um i was kind of a you know a break-even trader to probably slightly up you know you know i lost a bit of money um and made a bit of money but you know there wasn't any consistency i would imagine inside inside my trading and then uh, i came across uh, a podcast from walter peters uh, um sure i'm sure you're um um community of Erdvim and then I purchased uh, his book called Naked Forex and that book really fascinated me and what fascinated the most about that book was the uh, kangaroo tail uh, which probably is better known to your audience as the as the pin bar and um, I was doing a lot of research searching YouTube videos around the pin bar and all that kind of good stuff and um, I started trading this this one candlestick pattern and um, it started working for me kind of made it kind of made sense to me and um, the challenge I had was, is when I was, you know, working, you know, full-time job, is I couldn't always watch the charts and um, kind of see, you know, when, when the when the pin bar was coming. So what I decided to do was, is because I use MT4 as my kind of main platform, I kind of, you know, always used indicators and downloaded indicators online and things like that. I thought to myself, is why don't I just get someone to create one for me and. Um, for me, I'm not. I'm not a coder. I've done basic coding at at, at high school and at university, um, but I decided just to pay someone just to create the indicator. And one good thing about uh, Walter Peters's book is it's very clear on the rules on how big the tail needs to be, how big the body needs to be of the of the candlestick pattern. So it was very easy for me to translate that to a to a coder to go to go code that in. And one of the best things about his his um, his rules is, and again, Cam, I don't know if you if you read his book or not, is the um, is the room to the left. So the tail of a pin bar. What he's uh, basically saying is is that the is that the upper third or the lower third of the pin bar um, where the price was uh, has to have a lot of room to the left. So if you zoom out on a price chart, 
you can actually see that there's no price action in like the top third if you're looking at a, like a bearish pin bar um and therefore that's one of the rules for a kind of reversal pin bar trade and i managed to program that in it was a bit more complicated to kind of get that kind of comments across to the uh, to the coder um and then um and then yeah i started trading kind of doing reversal pin bars and you know it really worked for me and that was kind of the first time where things started kind of happening in terms of you know getting consistently profitable and um and then um and then what i decided to do was is he's got he had two three other indicators on his um uh, in his book around the engulfing bar and the inside bar and all this good stuff so i decided to get that coded as well and then as time went on i kind of developed this kind of indicator um well i just started calling it the price action indicator which combined three or four kind of candlestick pattern charts um on there and it provided alerts so for me it was brilliant because when push notifications start coming to your smartphone and mt4 um all, all i was doing was is set up set up the indicator to my preferred settings to do my day job and i used to get a push notification i used to jump onto the charts do a bit more analysis which i'm sure we'll go into at some point uh today um and then um and then yeah just started um I just started trading it so you know my time on the charts uh was very 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 small which is what i wanted because obviously being a uh, having a full-time job it's not something that um that i could afford to spend all my time look at, looking at charts and deciding whether or not this was an engulfing bar and all that kind of good stuff so um so yeah that's kind of you know where i kind of went to um and then and then what happened was is unfortunately then i got made redundant from my day job um I guess the fortunate thing of that is I walked away with a very good severance package and um because I was on a uh, 3 months terms of my notice period I was on gardenly for 3 months and um and then during that time I continued to do more trading um started getting a lot better started learning new things again which you know which which we'll go into um and then um what I decided to do was is I felt like on youtube because where i was doing the majority of my learning um i there wasn't that great content out there i felt and i felt a lot of these things were just asking you to download their course and buy this and buy that and um i kind of really wanted to buck the trend and kind of you know add value back to the community i'm very active on various forums like you know forex factory and things like that um and what i did was is i gave my indicator on on forex factory and on youtube um and from there it things absolutely took off for for me in terms of the trading education side of that community for me and um so while i was working uh, I've, I've obviously i found it, i found a, i found a new job and while i was working i was uh, i was working a full-time job uh, i was trading and i was you know very active on a, on my youtube channel and um and um and yeah, I, I managed to like you know download it again. We can talk. I can give you the indicator cam, and you can share it with your audience. No, it's not. It's not a problem. Um, and then managed to get over thirty thousand downloads in like a couple of years, um, which which is great. And I've had fantastic comments and things about people that have you know learned to trade and people that have full time jobs and you know use the indicator, um, you know without you know being at the screens all day and, and, and things like that, which is really great and really satisfying to me. Um, you know, as a retail trader, is if I had something like that, and you know, uh, at that time, that would have been absolutely fantastic. So, you know, for me, that's kind of really how my training journey has evolved now. Into you know, I still love my job. I love what I do on a day-to-day basis. But 
I love the game of training. Uh, I find it fascinating. And, um, and you know, my training's evolved since then. And again, we'll talk about that. Um, but for me, the third kind of pillar is, is, you know, really that kind of education piece uh, for uh, for novice traders and, and intermediate traders as well that, you know, that want to learn how to trade and learn to trade around a full-time job. Nice. Great story. Look, I've got a few questions on it. So, I mean, you're one of these probably, I mean, not many people I have on the show still hold down a full-time job. I mean, how does that, how did you make that decision? What What's the reasoning for that? I think part of it for me is uh, is security. Um, like I said, you know, trading provides me a good second income, a good supplement income. But for me, I don't want trading to be my main or overall income. And that's, you know, I think that's just a personal decision because, like, on a day to day, I'm I'm an online marketer. That's that's my that's my day job, and I, I love doing online marketing. You know, and um, and for me, I've also got, like I said, I've got a young child, I've got a wife as well that, you know, that probably more from a security standpoint, I'm confident in my trading ability. But for me, it's it's not something that I just want to trade all day and kind of just do that as a, as a full-time job. I want to kind of vary my time in terms of what I do. And um, and also part of it as well is, you know, and trading can be quite lonely. Um, you know, like I said, I've got a lot of people that I speak to on the forums. We jump on Zooms and all that kind of good stuff. But you know, I do like those having those water cooler conversations at work. Probably not having a lot of those at the moment, but um, you know, having those, making a cup of tea, having a chat, going into meetings, talking about different things outside of trading. It just varies things up for me, and you know, I, I kind of still like that. And you never know in the future I might do something different. And you know, tr- but trading will always be part of it. Um, but I don't think it'll be kind of the overall aspect of my um, uh, of my kind of working life, so to speak. And how did you, when you first started seeing things, you know, working, how did that sort of feel for you? Um, it's, it's one of those moments where it just, I can't really describe it, it just clicks. And like, you know, when I, when I found Walter's book and I kind of coded the pin bar, um, things just, uh, things just came into place where, actually things started to make sense and what is interesting is is when you start becoming more consistent you actually see more things on a chart that you don't realize before so like for example is you know i'm very now i use a lot of divergence in my trading but what i and i talk a lot about confluence on my on, on my youtube channel and and now i don't use pin bars as my main entry signal they're used as an additional layer of confluence. So if I if I'm trading with the trend, and I see a pullback, and I see a pullback at a support and, resist, a support and resistance zone, and I also see a bit uh, a, a bullish pin bar, therefore that's an added extra layer of comp- uh, confluence for me to have more probability of that trade becoming successful. So that's what I've kind of you know learnt on the back of you know once you start becoming consistent and you be start becoming more confident inside your analysis to, you know, pull the trigger. And in what sort of time frames are you trading here? Um, so I trade anywhere between the five minute and 15 minute chart, which might be counterintuitive for someone that has a day job, but the way I've set up my terminal, every, I have a baseline entry system, which is, you know, it's a push notification through my, uh, through my smartphone and then I'll head over to the charts and I'll have a quick look to see if there's other additional layers of confluence there. And, and just an example of things that I look at 
is is that um, I look at uh, divergence. Whether if I'm if I'm counter trend trading, I'm looking at regular divergence or hidden divergence. If I'm trading with the trend, um, I look at overbought, oversold conditions to look at extremes only in reversal trading. Um, and then I also look at two, three time frames ahead to see if I'm actually trading with the long term trend. So I take all those kind of factors and some other stuff. Um, and therefore that then gives me what I like to do is I like to grade my trades. So I'll have a, a base entry of let's just say it's hidden divergence on a, on a pullback. Um, and then I'll layer it. Are there any price price action patterns in, in the direction I want to trend? Is it at a support level? that's going to bounce in the direction I'm going to trend. What is the one hour or the four hour saying? Is it in the direction where I want to trend? If all those start lining up and start saying yes, I then just risk more on the trade. So if they don't align, I, I don't say I don't take the trade. I just risk a very small proportion of my account balance. And this, this, that bit there was a, was a kind of game changer for me in actually adjusting my risk based on the number of kind of tick boxes or confluence factors that, that come into play. So, so when you started, I mean, you you, were, you built this indicator. You're just getting the pin bar uh, alerts, and then you obviously expanded it. I mean, how did you know to to carry on with that particular approach as opposed to, I suppose, veering off and starting, you know, investigating other indicators and all that sort of stuff that you'd done done in the past? And um, primarily down to because I started making consistent money, um, and it's it's. It, the actual pin bar itself, because he's very um, Walter Peters was very stringent with his rules. So, and again, there's many pin bars indicators that you can download online and uh, and and have a look at. But the way that this pin bar is, is for example, one of his rules is is that the pin bar has to be um, more than four times the size of the previous of the previous four candles. Now, that there, you're not going to get many signals if you, if you put that if you put that signal on. But when you do get that signal. It's a very high probability chance that uh, that it would occur, especially when you start trading this on the one hour and four hour and dailies. Um, it may be, you know, on the daily you might get six uh, six signals a year on one currency pair, but I've got like 20 currency pairs open, so you know I get a lot of signals. So the frequency was there um, to allow me to be very strict with my rules. Uh, so I was taking less trades, you could you could say, but the win percentage was, you know, in the 80s and 90s, and then. I started to educate myself is actually why did this trade work and this trade didn't uh, because it's at a round number number psychological level so therefore it's more likely to reverse or or, or, or what have you and so it's you've got bearish divergence on a on a pin bar um, and when you start adding those additional things in it just happened naturally I kind of just fell into that kind of uh, kind of mindset that actually I want to take the trade but why don't I just risk less less of my account to do so and that's and that's how I kind of got that consistency and, uh, and, and you know, the, the willingness to continue from there. And can you give us an example of, like, I suppose, how, how much less you would take on a trade versus, you know, one that was looking really sort of good for you? Yeah. Yep. So the max I take is a 3% on, on any given trade. And a lot of things have to align for me to do that. Um, so I kind of have a... Uh, a grade A, which is the three percent; grade B, which is two percent; and grade C, which is one percent. I keep it as basic as that. And the, the way I'm kind of, I kind of tra- look at risk management sl- slightly differently. And I will risk more than three percent, um, but not only uh, only if um, it's 
I've got the profit to do so. So let's just take a fictitious example. Let's say you got a thousand pound account, and I made uh, I made a hundred pound profit out of it doing, doing my trading, um, and then I see a grade A signal come in. So my my trading plan says that I should take only risk three percent, but I've made a hundred pound profit. So I can say I can go up to five percent risk as long as as long as I don't lose, as long as I don't eat into my initial principle of the thousand of the thousand pounds, then I will take that trade. So that allows me uh, to kind of grow quicker. Um, um, but then if I do lose, I still I still haven't you know gone into any drawdown or anything like that. So I talk a lot about because a lot of traders that you know come and message me, they always say I've got you know a five hundred pound account or a thousand dollar account. I want to grow it like that and. For me personally, risking two percent per trade, you're going to be there a while. Especially if you're brand new, you're probably going to lose lose a lot of that money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I've kind of used this kind of principle of playing with your profit, and therefore allowing you to risk more uh, to then grow your account faster. So that's kind of you know uh, probably a different way of probably most traders probably look at uh, risk management. But again, I'm still keeping my my risk principles in place, not doing anything ridiculous like going you know over leveraging yourself and doing you know 10 20 percent per trade so what was your winning percentage way back sort of when you first started and you know started seeing consistency with with the pin bar indicated versus what it is now when you're adding in divergence and confluence and all that sort of stuff yeah so um it was around 70 percent um on there because i i normally kind of risk um a, a one-to-one and um this kind of for me goes into self-awareness of what you are as a trader um and again i could talk about that uh, uh, later on but yeah typically it is um it's a, a 60 70 60 60 odd percent and now i'm looking at around 70 to 75 percent across average across around the two two three main strategies that i kind of trade Okay, and, did, and I suppose what was the reasoning for you to try and improve that strategy that was, you know, still making 60%, it was obviously making money, was it, and, and how, I suppose, yeah, the question is how did you go about doing it without destroying the, what you'd already created which was working? Yeah, so, and this is where I think it's, it's for me, I don't like losing when like, you know, before I, in the, in the, at the beginning was reeling off all those indicators part of my risk management strategy was um, not to have a stop loss so because I, I just i just if for me i just don't like losing which is why when traders talk about you know a four to five to one uh um you know a, a reward to risk is i don't really want to sit in a trade if i've already made three uh three times my money i want to get out so um and and for me it's because i already had a 60 percent win percentage I wasn't kind of changing the strategy. All I was doing is saying is, okay, of the 40% I was losing, why was I losing? Um, and it became clearer and clearer to me is that if I added in that, because a lot of people, when they when you add in another another element to it, you take less trades. I'm not taking less trades. I'm taking the, I'm always taking the same trade, um, but I'm just risking less. Mm-hmm. So then when another, con- yeah, so it, it people may think that you'll never get any signals if you do five six different things i go that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is if it's only two things then i'll only risk one percent if it's six things i'll risk three percent so i'm still taking the trade regardless i'm just adjusting my risk so i still keep my frequency up cool love that answer that's brilliant that's absolutely superb so so i'm trying to get my head around the full-time job 
the getting signals and being able to get on the charts, doing the analysis and, and take the yeah. trade. How does that work in reality? Yeah, so effectively, so what I do, what I normally do is, is um, I don't need to check the charts because everything is kind of all, all in place with the uh, with the signals. So, um, so if I take, for example, if I take my um, a reverse, uh, my, my, my yeah, my, my trade reversal strategy, which uh, effectively is uh, regular divergence with the RSI. So this is where the RSI is overbought on multiple time frames. So. So my main trigger is the RSI overbought multiple time frames. So I've got an indicator um, that has an alert built in that if if the RSI is overbought on two on two time frames, it will send me a push notification. So I'm there doing my doing my day job, and I get an alert on my phone saying that EURUSD is overbought on two on two time frames. So I've, everything's all set up on a VPS, so I can log in log in through my work computer and have a have a look at the charts. And then the next thing I do is is there is there divergence? Is 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 um is there disagreement between the oscillator and uh, and price? If there is, um, all I do then is because I trade normally the 15 minute chart on that on that um on that particular um, trading strategy. All I'll do is is just keep that window open and then just wait until um, price um, comes out of uh, overbought or oversold territory to go to go take the trade. So it's very little hands on action that i need to i need to do physically being on the charts because i've done it for so long um the the disadvantages i do miss trades i am on conference calls or, or or in meetings or what have you and i will miss trades and i'll miss some really really good trades and it is annoying um but sometimes i miss trades that i would have taken that would have got that wouldn't have worked so it's kind of that kind of balancing act uh and there so you know that's kind of how i try to semi-automate as much as I can. I would love to build an EA around this to kind of, you know, kind of do it. But I've I've, I've used EAs and I use one EA uh, at, at the moment, but I do feel that, you know, I haven't found a, I've tried to build a divergence indicator. I still haven't found a good version of it that I trust and I could use to give me a signal on divergence. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's what I try to do. I just try to get as many automated signals on the chart so I can spend the least amount of time on the chart as possible. And a bit of a weird question here, but does your boss or do your colleagues ever see you looking at the charts on the computer? No, no, not really. I've been fortunate to work at organisations where, um, you know, as long as you get your work done, you know, within the within the within your allotted hours, they're not they're not really that fussed on what you do with your spare time. And I do work really hard in my uh, at my day job. I believe I go above and beyond on my day job. So uh, so for me. It's um, it just allows me to kind of do what do what I need to do, and like I said, with most organisations, flexi working and all this kind of good stuff, you know, it's not really it's not really an issue. Lockdown, I'm guessing, would have been just a, a dream for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fortunately, I could work from home before before lockdown anyway, but now it's uh, five days a week, so, so so yeah, it's kind of convenient in that way. And so you mentioned you had a bunch of uh, of uh, charts up. I mean, what, do you want to sort of group them together and give us a quick list? Um, yeah, so it's just ma- mainly the main ones. So the EURUSD, GJ, GBP USD, uh, Aussie Aussie dollar. You know, just kind of just kind of the, the main pairs that you would normally see in M- uh, uh, MT4. I kind of stay away from the exotics. Um, you know, so it ranges. It ranges. I, I've got twenty twenty on my chart, but you know, the ones I really look at are kind of are kind of the main ones, really. And and how do you how do you take your entries? So. 
if it's my uh, counter uh, ca- uh, counter trend uh, trade trade strategy, so the divergence and and RSI. Um, so, like I said, the the indicator that I've got, it will point arrow on the screen. So, if we're saying, let's just say the RSI, I'm on a five minute chart. The RSI is overbought, uh, i.e., above 70 on the five minute and the 15 minute. It will then display an arrow on the five minute chart to say that the RSI is overbought in two time frames. Um, I'll then go and check to see if there's divergence. So let's just assume that uh, price is obviously making higher highs and the divergence, I like to use the MACD for divergence, is making a lower high. Um, what I what I do, there's two ways I can either enter. The first entry is either wait for the RSI to go out of overbought territory on the five-minute chart or I wait for the MACD to cross over um, to confirm that the um, that the lower high on the MACD has been formed uh, to confirm my divergence, and then that's where that's when I'll enter. Ah, right. Okay. And yeah. how did I you? Can, I, I, I can show you on the chart later. Yeah, if we... I know it's a bit difficult to, yeah, to see can, visually. We can do that on the charts for sure. So, so how did you how did you stumble across? I mean, you obviously stumbled across the, the pin bar and, and the naked forex and that. How did you stumble across the divergence? Um, I think it was from a podcast. I can't remember which uh, who I was listening to on a, on a, on a podcast. I normally listen to on my, on my long commute to work, uh, either your podcast or a number of other forex podcasts. And um, and and this this guy was talking about, you know, he really nailed down on what is happening between the oscillator and uh, and price because the oscillator is the calculation is divided from price. It should be doing exactly what price is doing. And when it doesn't do what price, if it doesn't follow price, it means that something is wrong. And the way you can't, he used an analogy, and I can't remember what it was, but he explained it so so great that I actually think it's, yeah, it's making a lot of sense. So as, as I did, I just went back on various charts, just looking for divergences, spotting divergence. And, you know, majority of the time, it doesn't always happen. And this is what things you need to realize. There is no one-size-fits-all system. Um, that majority of the time, that price tends to either reverse or continues, depending if you're using a hidden divergence. And um, and and for me, um, you, I use that as the baseline for both my trend trading and my counter trend trading strategies. There has to be divergence. So at minimum, I will trade one percent of my account if there's divergence. But then if it's at a support and resistance level, at a round number level. Uh, it's got a pin bar in the direction I'm trading longer term trend, all that stuff I was talking about before. If it's got all of those things as well, I just risk a little bit more. And that's kind of how, I, how I've how i kind of stumbled across into a comfortable medium of, of how I trade. Nice. Now, what do, you, what do you think made you different from other people out there struggling to make this work? I think for me, the first and foremost is is I get a lot of questions saying, like I said before, I've got a thousand pounds and I want to make, you know, two hundred K or whatever it whatever it may be. And and some of the stories or people that email me that turn around and say that, you know, I'm I'm on my last my last three hundred pounds, I think trading's the answer. And it's difficult for me where for me that you've got to be in a position of trading with money you can afford to lose. So for me, that's the most important thing. It's nothing to do with the strategy, nothing to do with risk management. It's to if you're going to invest X amount, of, X amount of money into trading, it's got you've got to at least be able to have another another revenue stream to go pay your bills and support support your your lifestyle and your family and all that kind of good stuff. So, 
for me, I'm in a fortunate position that when I first started, I did have a day job. Uh, I am paying my bills. And I was able to put, you know, a small amount of money uh, into trading, losing it, gaining a little bit, et cetera, et cetera. And then fortunately through through what I've just told you is kind of kind of grown that and I've and I've taken money out of that to kind of, you know, supplement, you know, my income and, and various things as well. So for me that's the most important thing is if you're gonna trade, just make sure you you know, just don't think of it in your finance numbers when you do your spreadsheets, your income and your expenses at the end of the thing. Just set across X amount a month if you wanna do that into your trading education and just expect that you're gonna lose it. Because if you go with that mentality, there's more success and more chance that you brought, you're, you're going to make it as a successful forex trader or, or any type of trader. So, so I suppose my next question is for guys that are working a day job like yourself. I mean, what steps would you recommend they take? Um, so for me, uh, the the main the main thing is 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 probably if you say if you say a day job, yeah, it's it's firstly. A, make sure that you've got the you've got the money to to, to kind of trade, uh, and the next thing is is to be realistic with your goals. Um, and again, like I said before, is it is possible to turn a five hundred pound account into a ten thousand pound account. I've seen people do it. I'm not suggesting that's the way that it should be done. What I am saying is you've got to set realistic targets. So you know, have a trading plan on on what your trading style is, um, and then just risk the right amount per trade and and it, i learned very quickly is preservation of capital is kind of key so the more money that you the more money that you can keep means that the more times you can trade therefore the next trade could be the trade which where it all clicks and you gather your consistency so just make sure you've got the right amount of money to to be able to trade and secondly set realistic goals because if you know people that I've seen I've I've been speaking to a trader that is you know making two two percent a month, which you know in the most part is is really good as a beginner trader. But he's he's, he's stopped it now because it's not it's not it's not it's not quick enough. And I'm like, it's not the it's not the way it kind of works. And it's the mindset and education around what trading is and how trading works is is the bit that I think people need to need to get right before they even open a chart and start looking at divergence or pin bars and all that kind of good stuff. Cool, cool, cool. Um, what about uh, if you had to sort of put three things on a price chart and say, you know, go and study this? What would they be? Um, the first one, well, first one would be di- uh, uh, would be divergence. Um, you know, it's for me, it's been a it's been it's been a game changer. Really study to study divergence. I can send you some stuff, Cam, if you if you like, in terms of you know, a videos I've done, but other resources I've looked at inside the past that. Um, really that really hone in stuff like baby pips as well is probably a, a great place for um yeah, for people to start to learn uh, to learning divergence um the second thing uh, would be is um uh i would have a look at how price reacts to round numbers so zero zero numbers and five zero numbers you and i'll do that on a f- 15 minute chart it's probably a good a good kind of gauge to kind of have a look at how price moves uh, you will see price either stall or reverse majority of the time at those levels. Sometimes they will just break through and continue to go uh, in in the direction of the trend, but most of the time you will see something happen or even a short pause. and And that's mainly because you know many retail traders use their kind of take profits and stop loss targets around those kind of levels. So things happen at that level. And for me, that and when we jump on the charts, I'm showing a classic example of this of where you know 
when you think when you see divergence or you see a pin bar, just throw on uh, the kind of lines and and for those who use um, MT4, you can just Google. You know, I'd use the round numbers indicator on the MQL5 marketplace, which is free. Um, it's just put that onto your terminal, and then you can actually see what that uh, what that actually looks like. And then the last thing is is probably um, exhaustion levels, so where price has reached various extremes. And there's many ways you can do that. You can use the RSI, which I mentioned. You can use Bollinger Bands. You know. It's just something of where price is at an extreme where there's a high probability that uh, it needs to revert back either either a slight retracement or a reversion back to its mean so and again it's for me i like to use the rsi on multiple time frames because if you think about the logic of that if the rsi is at you know over 70 or over 75 on two three four time frames it, it basically saying there is a strong chance here that it's going to reverse. And because, obviously, I used to do this strategy without a stop loss, and uh, I used to get in a lot of trouble because there are the one out of ten times where it just continues going and doesn't look back. But nine times out of ten, it will pull back or, or even, you know, do a nice, nice, a nice reversal where you can pick up a lot, a lot of pips. So those are kind of the three things that I suggest uh, people have a look at. And in terms of your stop loss now, where do you, where do you look to place it? Um, so where I, what I try to do is um, is try to do it above the above the most recent highs where it seems logical to do so. So if I'm doing a trend trade with a uh, with a pullback, it will normally be just below the um, just the uh, the previous lows or highs. Um, and again, with my reversal trading, um, if it's I love I like to do it below the lower highs. But if there's a psychological level slightly higher or slightly below the highs, I would make my stop loss slightly bigger and put it above that because it'll form that extra layer of i call it a layer of protection um uh, before uh, before hopefully my stop loss gets hit nice nice what about a trader's mindset i mean can you share with us any techniques to help somebody improve their mindset yeah so for me i've not really looked at the kind of the mindset bit uh, um so to speak what i've learned and what i strongly recommend people doing is being self-aware of what type of trader you are and what i mean by that is for example for me as i mentioned before i don't like to be in the markets for like four four or five days or, or any longer i i absolutely hate trying to go for 500 pip moves and all that kind of good stuff so i know for me personally that i prefer to day trade or or you know hold holding positions for a couple of hours, a couple of hours to maximum four six hours. It's just my my personal preference. Um, and then for me, when I did the stop loss strategy, because I, I, I'm self aware that I don't like losing, and I thought the stop loss, the, uh, the no stop loss strategy was a was a good risk management tool. Um, that um, that w- I went to sleep. You know, I was trading very small trade sizes, but I used to go to sleep thinking, "I'll wake up in the morning. Has my my trade still in still in drawdown, or has it made its profit target, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So I was self-aware enough to know that, okay, that doesn't allow me to sleep at night because if I'm worrying about trades, it's probably not the right way to be uh, to be kind of trading. And then, and then for me, like I said, it's because I don't like losing. Um, I go for a, a small risk to, a, a risk to reward, generally a one to one, maximum one to two. Um, and again, that's for me, and that's taken me like 
four or five years to kind of really really understand that because when I listen and watch videos and courses and all that stuff they have their own way to trade and they say that this is the way to trade to go for a three to one where you can be profitable on, on a one to one assuming that you know you've got everything else right there but you've just got to be self-aware with it and that's what and that comes with practice I feel in this you know as you spend more time on the charts you will learn you know you might like being on the charts for, for three four hours a day and learning all the stuff about all this all, all these things and if and then therefore you know kind of doing what i'm doing is setting alerts on my mt4 and all that on my indicators and stuff may not be a right fit for you so you just gotta try to understand what trading is to you and and what you want to get out of it and then adjust your risk management your mindset and your trading strategy to fit around that kind of piece if there was one thing you'd recommend a retail trader spend the next month mastering what would it be um for me that would be um confluence um and again is next time you take your favorite trading entry system whatever that may be let's just say it's the macd crossover um and and overlay some other techniques on there for so for example stick in the uh, the round numbers indicator so put your psychological levels on there is it at that level and is it in the direction of a kind of let's say you 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 want to go long um and there's a uh, there's a round number level which is showing a, a, a support a resistance sorry so do you think that you should be going um, long in that position I'm not saying don't go long but just risk slightly less than what you probably would do um, and then let's say you get uh, the MACD uh, the, the MA crossover system comes in you want to go long and you see a a bearish pin bar again do you really want to go long I'm not saying don't go long but you might want to risk less so that's what I'm saying is next time whenever you get a signal however you get a signal to go long or short just stick in a, a couple of couple of other indicators on your chart to see if they align and adjust your risks according to the kind of other layers of confirmation that there may be. How long did, how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? Uh, about four to four and a half years. What's your favorite entry setup? It would be a... Uh, trend trade uh, with a, with a pullback on hidden divergence. And this one, I'm actually quite really interested in hearing. What's your strategies to exit and manage trades? Um, so I generally, like I said, I generally go for a one to one, maximum one to two, um, and the risk is adjusted based on the number of confirmations or, or confluence factors that I've got. So the minimum I need is two, which would be one percent. Um, and then uh, 2% will be 3 and then 3% will be uh, 4 or more. What's your recommended trading book or resource? Um, so as I mentioned before, I think Walter Peters' Naked Forex book is absolutely fantastic. It was it was not only was a good theoretical book around Forex and how the market works, but it gave me that kind of motivation to kind of, you know, wanted to go, go straight on the charts and go find these pin bars and these engulfing bars. Um, that's probably the only trading book I've, I've read. Uh, other books outside of trading, more around money, so to so, so speak, and self-improvement would have to be Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, classic, mm. and uh, The Millionaire Fastlane by, by MJ DeMarco. That's a fantastic book. What about your preferred broker and trading platform? 
Um, so I was training with uh, Oanda. I'm now moved to IG recently, and um, I'm obviously using MT4. And what about your worst ever trade? I mean, you sort of talk about having some sleepless nights. What's your worst ever trade? Yeah, so um, so that's got to be when I was uh, doing a no a no stop loss strategy, and um, it was on the Euro CAD. I remember it quite clearly, and um, it was a it was an EA that I was using. And basically, what the EA did is it was kind of like a, a, a short term pullback strategy on a, when the bollin- when price hit the Bollinger Bands at, at, at the extreme levels, and um, I only had a five pip take profit target and, and, and no stop loss. So as you imagine, it's got a very high win rate, but when it doesn't work, it, it can it can blow your account effectively. And uh, fortunately, I was only trading with uh, with with one with one one micro lot, so it was t- it was ten p a point. And um, I literally I went in short, um, and then I pretty much got the bottom, um, and then uh, it never looked back. I was in that trade. Or just over a year, um, and um, it went again for like six thousand pips, something silly like that. So it was like six six hundred pound on my on my two thousand pound account that uh, that I had at, uh, that I had at the time, and um, I got out of the trade at minus thirty pound loss. Um, and and that's one tip is that if you're gonna if you're gonna trade, just make sure you trade with a very small small because I was I can I can I was I could afford to. Um, uh, to stay in that trade for that long, uh, because I had such a such a small trading size, and um, it ebbed and flowed throughout the year. But it just it just never never looked back, and just continued to go up for for a good for a good year year and a bit. So um, I think after that, I couldn't place any more trades. I was too scared to place any more trades on that account. So I opened a new account to do other things, and I just let that let that account just sit there and just do what it needs to do. And kind of and like I said, the good thing is if I lost it. It's like I said, I like sleeping nights because I didn't want to lose. I don't like to lose any money, but if I was to lose it, it would have hurt me. But then, you know, I would get on because it's not affecting my kind of my my actual livelihood, to so yeah. to speak. Cool. Well, can you leave our listeners with one piece of advice? Um, probably the best thing is what I just said is uh, trade with money you can afford to lose because that is the number one thing I can I can I can leave you guys with it's more important than any other trading strategy that I can give you or anything like that is set aside you know x amount of months to dedicate into your trading account think of it as a what it is now a zero percent or negative interest rate uh, savings account and then just use that money to trade so that's what I would suggest is put aside 100 200 whatever you can afford into a trading account and start and start practicing and start you know Implementing the the uh, techniques that you know, uh, Cam's uh, Cam's um, interviews are, are are providing some great value. Brilliant. Well, look, I think we're just going to jump on a a quick call now and uh, and share your screen. Walk us through a price chart, and we'll check that up on the YouTube channel. So, guys, you can check that out after the show. Before we wrap up, what's the best way for the traders to get hold of you? Um, so the best way is probably you know my my, my YouTube channel. So it's uh, it's called a one glance trader, and the reason for that is is um, you know, as I mentioned before, I, I don't really like looking at charts that often. So I like to, you know, look at it at a glance whether or not I decide to take a trade. Or you can, uh, or you can email me at uh, oneglancetrader at gmail.com. Brilliant. Well, look, Zoe here. Thank you for coming on the show, guys. If you want to check out the show notes, check out that video, then head over there to tradingnut.com. Search for Zoe here. That's Z O H E B in the search box, and you'll find him there. 
Guys, until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, there you have it. Interview with Zoe here, but done and dusted. Now, do remember, we did shoot a video after the show. It's up there on YouTube. It's also up there on the tradingnut.com website. Whilst you're there, do check out the Bitcoin payments if you know how to do it. If you don't know how to do it, then you're probably not one of those cryptocurrency dudes anyway. Um, I'll get some more crypto traders on the show. Maybe we can uh, we can convert some people uh, over to the crypto side of things. I've got a friend who's well and truly into it, and he's got me hooked again. So um, here we go. We've got the Bitcoin up there on the site. Anyway, uh, also, I've got the new concept coming up, so stay tuned for that. Uh, it's going to hit the YouTube channel anytime soon. And, uh, and do remember, the Robot Builders Club, the Robot Traders Club is also getting a transformation. It's getting a makeover, and the format's changing as well. So guys, a lot to check out there over on tradingup.com.